That's a very good question. You know, like the the David and the Goliath question, right? Right. Um, exactly. And you know, I I think it's it's just if you keep well, one silly approach, or not so silly, is that I think if you are going to position yourself as uh, the 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 tiny person who cannot defeat Goliath, you're going to be defeated. So if you think of yourself as um, somebody who can make it, um, then you will. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy course, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Welcome to the Dreamer's Moment. We talk to people who are in the arena, chasing their dreams. I'm Vienne. Um, I am the founder of Vienne Milano. We are a luxury hosiery brand dedicated to thigh-high stockings. All of our products are made in Italy. Okay, so then this uh, Milano, I assume, was from Italy. Is that just because you have a love of Italy, or do you have an Italian heritage? No, I, I don't have an uh, Italian heritage. Um, you know, we chose Milano because um, all of our products are made in Italy, and Milan is you know, a fashion capital, if you will, or one of, um, there's quite a few in the world. Um, and so, you know, our products are actually made very close to Milan. And I just thought it would be nice to put that in our brand, especially since that's where our products come from. So explain the different kinds of occasions that you design hosiery for and how these designs are different. Sure. Um, so, you know, when we first started with Vienna Milano, we thought about all of the occasions that a woman would wear stockings or hosiery, if you will. Um, and I thought it would be easy to break it down into four or five different categories. Our, our, our four original categories were work. You know, it's, it's very typical to see a woman to wear stockings to work. Um, there's something what we call party, which is, you know, a woman wearing stockings to like a, a party such as a graduation or, or a birthday party. Um, there's a category that we also call, call play, which I would say, you know, you're doing something on the weekend. Um, you're, you're a woman who is going shopping on Rodeo Drive, say for example, or Champs-Élysées in Paris. Um, and you want to feel elegant and playful during that time frame, right? And um, then our last category is love. And in which case, you know, you may be wearing our stockings as an aphrodisiac, if you will. Um, you know, you may be going out on a date with someone that you 
really, really admire, and therefore you want your stockings to um, fit that, that, I guess, the occasion. And then our last category is wedding. Um, you know, I myself included, but a lot of women wear stockings on their wedding day. Um, you know, women spend so much money on their dress, their, their, their hair, their makeup. So why do you want to ignore your legs? Or you're probably spending a, a fortune on your shoes as well. And so you want to wear a nice pair of stockings um, to go with your shoes as well. And so um, as a result, I, I, I do think that stockings is appropriate for wedding. And that's why we do have five categories um, for women to think of hosiery to be worn in. So, so what are the typical issues that you have with thigh-high stockings, and, and like, how did you address that? Well, that's a very good question. You know, I think um, a common question that women often ask us about our thigh highs is, do they stay up? And, you know, for, you know, for me, I know that our, our thigh highs do stay up. Um, they stay up for, for several reasons. Number one, we use silicone band, where some other brands, they may use elastic, or they may not even have a band. They may just uh, require the person wearing it to put body glue, which doesn't seem very <laughs> comforting <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, our being made with silicone band, they do stick to the human body. Um, number two, our thigh highs, as the name implies, goes all the way up to the top of your thighs. Um, where I know some other brands, they may call themselves thigh highs, but they're actually um, technically over-the-knee hosieries or, or Parisienne. I think that's the other term that's often used as well, where, um, you know, a woman may wear it just slightly above her knees. Um, if you wear a pair of thigh highs and put it slightly lower than where it's intended to be, of course they're not going to stay up because um, that's not where it's supposed to go. Uh, so, you know, if... By wearing our thigh highs um, and having the band go all the way up to your leg, the silicone will secure the pair of stockings on a woman's leg. So is this like something you you technically knew how to solve before you got into it, or did you just kind of say, here's a problem, and start researching and working with manufacturers? No, um, you know, I... I, I although I would love to think that I'm like a, an innovative entrepreneur, not at all. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm that, I'm not that, uh, that type, at least not there yet, but, um, you know, thigh highs as a category has been around for many years. Um, however, um, the, the challenge that I had as a woman who worked in corporate America years ago, um, was that I wasn't able to find thigh highs that stayed up on my leg. They were, you know, the ones that I, were, I was able to find were either costume wear-like or they, they fell off or they were just poorly constructed. And also the material, the variety wasn't quite there. And so I knew that this genre of products or, or hosiery existed in Europe. Women in Europe wear it often. And um, I knew that, you know, a lot of luxury brands in Europe have a variety. And I thought, hey... Um, I can't possibly be the only woman here in the U.S. with this challenge. I, I, I think there's a business opportunity here. And that's really, you know, how it, how it started. Well, so, and I have a, a few other questions about that. I'm going to go back here first and, and say, so before you started your business, you had a career, um, Acame Technologies, is that correct? Um, it's Akamai. It's, Akamai. it's Hawaiian for intelligence. Um, and <laughs> it's a content delivery um, company, or it's a software company in the high-tech space, and I was in products. Okay, and so 
obviously you had a successful career there and probably a safe career. What was it that made you start to want to start your own business? Sure. I think um, for me, you know, it was definitely a very lucrative position. You know, I, um, it, it was something that I had worked hard towards. Um, however, I think the, the moment or the moments um, I realized, gosh, do I really want to be here for the rest of my life, is I think about um, all the people that work in corporate America, and I think, gosh, I can look back in my career 20, 30, 40, 50 years and think, you know, yes, I could be proud of the fact that I worked for some top company in the software field, or I can build something on my own. Um, there's a ton of people who had worked their entire life in corporate America. I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be somebody who builds and creates something on my own. And I think, you know, um, in, in my late 20s, that was a message that was pretty loud and clear for me for some reason. And I, I just followed through, I guess. Um, and I use that as an excuse to leave my job as a, like a little gift for myself for my 30th birthday. <laughs> Not to be like over dramatic or like, you know, or anything. But yes. That's a great that's idea. how it all came together. Yeah. So, so when you um, started to think, okay, I'm going to take a, a leap of faith here and go out on my own, um, the, the challenge that I always, uh, I think a lot of people come up against is how do you, how do you insert yourself into an existing market? You know, how did you, you know, how did you think you were going to position yourself to compete with the big, the big brands? That's a very good question, you know, like the, the David and the Goliath question, right? Right, um, exactly. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's just, if you keep, well, one silly approach, or not so silly, is that I think if you are going to position yourself as uh, the, the, the tiny person who cannot defeat Goliath, you're going to be defeated. So if you think of yourself as, um, somebody who can make it, um, then you will. So, you know, I think it's important to have the will. But secondly, to do your research. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that this was an area that was um, saturated. Um, I would say if I, if I sold pantyhose or, or, or regular tights, for example, now that is a saturated space. However, thigh highs is not. And, um, you know, that's why I, I chose this category to be in because I know that it, there aren't a lot of um, brands that do sell this product um, that brings us from Italy and offers the variety that we have today. Did you have to go out and get some funding or did you self-fund? A little bit of both. So I do have a business partner and, you know, I, I would say that we both work together on this um, in terms of uh, funding. Okay. So, um, about you know between the time you left and um, eventually became successful, obviously you probably went through challenges or maybe even some moments of crisis. Um, were, were there any <laughs> any times when it, it seemed like it wasn't working out? Well, I, I would be lying through my teeth if I said it was always a cakewalk. Um, <laughs> I mean, the truth is, I'm in the the fashion space um, and. Prior to launching my business, I didn't come from the fashion industry. And so there were a lot of um, things I had to learn. 
So, for example, um, the manufacturing calendar, um, you know, what are, are for the hosiery industry in Italy, um, working with the Italian culture, for an example, um, you know, distribution, all of that. Um, I would say that there were quite a bit <laughs> that I had to learn, just to say the least. Um, but it, it, there's a lot of pros and cons, you know. Um, yeah. So about how long did it take before you knew it was working out and you were going to be a success? I would say about um, somewhere between the end of our first year and the second year. Um, you, you know, at that point, I, a lot of our customers had wrote to us, you know, some of our products had um, pretty much sold out immediately. Um, and I've heard our customers telling me essentially the same thing, the same experience that I face, which is finding thigh highs that stayed up, um, you know, not enjoying wearing pantyhose, and they want to find something that they could uh, pamper themselves with and be able to look beautiful at work, etc. And so I think that was probably the, the time that I knew it was going to, to make it. It seems like two years is, is really good. If I recall in Shark Tank, uh, they would say if you can make a business profitable in three years, you're doing pretty well. So that, that was obviously, did, were you just working day and night? Yes, yes, I was, yes. <laughs> yeah. but, but work you enjoyed? Yes, absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, like I said, there's definitely pros and cons, and I can go into that, but I wouldn't say it was a cakewalk every day. Um, I think the, the, the pro of it is, you know, I... I even to this day, I, I wake up and I look forward to coming to the office. I, I drive to our office now, and I think, gosh, I, I, I have nobody to report to but myself. And so um, that's a great feeling because you, you, you wake up with a sense of purpose, um, and that's a great feeling to have. However, the downside <laughs> of, of this experience is that um, if something messes up, if you know, a decision that you had made fell through. Well, there's only one answer or one reason for it, and all I have to do is look at myself at the mirror. And so, um, you know, but it is what it is. It's just the world that we live in. You know, I don't like to baby myself or overtly protect myself from anything. Um, I think that's just my philosophy in life. And so um, being in business kind of really fits into, I guess, my personality, if you will. Yeah. And that just, uh, that probably just captures exactly what I think many of us um, looking to you on the other side are, are wondering, you know, what, what does it feel like? I mean, that would be a question. What is life like now and how is it different since working, you know, for a company? Um, I, I, I always hate to use the word woke, um, <laughs> but I do feel that way. And I feel like <laughs> I often wonder, is that grammatically correct, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I feel like after um, launching my business, um, I feel a lot more woken up, awake, yes, awake, um, to a lot of things. And the reason is because prior to it, when I worked in corporate America, um, there were a lot of things that I, I didn't have to think about, and the consequences of those decisions were not as dire. Um, whereas today, and... You know, I am somebody who's curious about everything, who wants to learn everything. 
And today I do have those opportunities to do it. So, for example, if I needed, say, I don't know, uh, a prop <laughs> for um, a photo shoot, yes, I can go out and buy the chair, but I can also take that as an opportunity to uh, learn how to use an angle grinder, grind the chair, spray paint it, and use it, you know, or, huh. or you know, just an extreme example, of course. Right. But there's a lot of other things like marketing, um, SEO. Um, you know, I've always been curious about this black magic, and um, there's only one way to learn about it, and that's by doing it. And so I, I learned, I read, uh, test things out, and I did everything I could, and now I would say we're um, pretty good at it, um, or, or photography for that matter. Photography is one of those things that I've always enjoyed doing ever since I was a kid. Um, and so, you know, being having my own business, I am the person who is responsible for a lot of our photography or who um, can make decisions when we work with another photographer on what we should and should not take photos of. So it, those are some of the things that I guess I enjoy um, doing um, as a person who runs home business. Do you um, travel to Italy quite a bit? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> at least once a year, sometimes even three times a year. Wow. Um, but yes, I do go there quite often. Um, from Boston to Milan, unfortunately, uh, it, there's no direct flight. There hasn't been since I was 15. I remember the first time I went to Italy, it was a direct flight to Milan, oh. but not so much anymore. So, um, I, you know, I, I make the journey in January every year uh, to some random European city, and then I fly to Milan. What would you share with other people who are in a day job like you once were, and they want to pursue their own dream? Um, and by that, I don't mean just taking a risk, but something interesting mm -hmm. you've learned on your journey that you feel others might benefit from. You know, I, I know this is going to sound cliche, but I think um, I would just say, just do it. Um, uh, I, and looking back, I, I wish I had um, started my business earlier in my life. Um, you know, I, I probably would have um, been even further on it with my company, right? And so I, I, I would say stop listening to all those um, in the re those reasons not to do it and just do it. Um, yeah. Right. I, as somebody said to me once, the sooner you do it, the sooner you can start making the mistakes that you need to to, yeah. to, to be successful. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. And And you know, the other thing, too, is I, I know a lot of people, um, I don't know if this is an excuse or, or what, but they often want to feel like, okay, I'm going to go to school for, for entrepreneur or I'm going to uh, learn from this before I do something on my own. Don't do that because chances are if you're starting out as a business, um, you're doing something new. And so I, I, no amount of books or learning or school will, keep, will give you the relevant experience. Mm. Wholehearted agreement with you there. <laughs> um, how can people find you on the internet? Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, our website is V I E N N E M I L A N O. Uh, that's VNMilano.com. Um, you can always Google uh, VN Milano or, or, you know, Italian Hosiery VN Milano or, or, or any of those thigh highs for that matter, and you'll be able to find us. Next time on The Dreamer's Moment. Unfortunately, I was not the only one to be doing 
an escape game on a vacation in another city and thinking about bringing it to Kansas City. The Dreamer's Moment is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Find us at lifepodcast.net.